from an authority standpoint, how do you build authority? It's about really thinking strategically about expertise, visibility, and confidence. The more I can establish my authority, the greater I can serve and have a greater impact. So for me to do more of what I want to do, I need to get louder. The internet has made it easier than ever to start a business. Succeeding on the internet, now that's another story. The big question is, what are those who are succeeding doing differently? This podcast has the answers. Hi, my name is Lisanne Murphy. I've spent the last three years running a successful advertising agency. I noticed with certain clients, I ran into the same problem over and over again. Their offering was just not grabbing the prospect's heart and wrestling them into purchasing submission. Why? Many of these business owners were so far down the road in their journey and so in love with their product, they forgot who they were serving, missing some essential steps along the way. So I'm pivoting focus. Join me as I go behind the scenes with the most brilliant entrepreneur minds to demystify the nitty gritty marketing hacks needed to be successful before spending thousands on advertising that ultimately separate the internet legends from the dreamers. On the previous episode, you heard from me and I spoke all about offer graphics. In this part four of a six part series, I went into detail about how to position your offer in such a way that the value is seen by the prospect. It is not one to skip over. You even are selling in the offer of the presentation. Like it's so important. You can't just like throw the offer out there. But before you click over to that, stick around. I've got Mark Stern on next. This powerhouse entrepreneur is going to lay down the groundwork needed to understand how to be an authority in the marketplace and how to show up like an authority figure in your niche. It is seriously awesome. Get a pen and get ready to take notes. So I am so, so excited to be here today. I'm Lisanne Murphy, your host. I'm here with Mr. Mark Stern coming out of Austin, Texas. So excited to have you on the show today, Mark. Excited to be here. It's good to see you, Lisanne. Yeah, great to see you. So let me just go ahead and introduce this amazing man. We're going to jump into his story and he's going to have an opportunity to blow our minds today, which I am just beyond excited for everyone to hear. So Mark Stern is a serial entrepreneur and founder of Live Online and Rover. He teaches entrepreneurs how to stand out in the crowd and become the authority figure in their niche. More on that to come in just a minute. We're so excited. Prior to becoming an entrepreneur, Mark was a top-ranked strategy consultant at Deloitte Consulting, which for those of you that don't know, that is a huge deal. That is a huge deal. I mean, we're talking Deloitte, Bain, McKenzie, these are the top consulting firms, and it's hard to get positions in those firms. So this guy, this guy knows his stuff. Um, Mark is a four-time Spartan trifecta holder, so he's also got the gains to match his brains. Uh, he's an XSSW startup mentor and a lifetime lover of barbecue, which we had an opportunity to geek out over a little bit since he lives in Austin. So I'm a little bit jealous about, because we, we have like just bad barbecue in Utah. It's, it's nothing. So I'm jealous of that. Oh man, so, be jealous of it. <laughs> <laughs> again, welcome Mark to the Marketing Matrix podcast. Awesome. It's exciting. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I was going to say uh, the two things that are in my diet, unfortunately, probably multiple times a week are tacos and barbecue. Uh, <laughs> they're like two of my absolute 
favorite things ever. So like, that's like 90% of my diet right there is tacos and barbecue. <laughs> I love it. A man after my own heart. Like there is nothing better than a good taco. I love it. Yeah. Awesome. So Mark, why don't you catch our listeners up on what has brought you to, to who you are and what you're doing today? Yeah, 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 of course. Um, I always tell people that like, I like there was this path that everyone talks about growing up and like it's the pathway to happiness and it's you graduate high school, go to college, graduate college, um, have the dream job one and then you go to grad school and then you get the dream job and you know, you settle down, get married, white picket fence, life is great. And like, I remember hearing this and I'm pretty sure I was uh, the poster child for that path because I was like president of my high school, president of my college. I had uh, the dream job. I had this crazy dream that I wanted to work on national marketing campaigns in the beverage industry right out of undergrad. So I did that and then got my MBA at Duke. And um, after Duke, uh, flash forward is when I started working for Deloitte, but it was 2012. And, um, you know, you kind of wake up one day and go, especially, you know, if you're in your 20s or 30s, you're thinking about, um, like for me, I had this like inner entrepreneur that was brewing, but I just graduated business school um, and I just signed, when you sign with a consulting firm, when you work with a firm like Deloitte, you sign over the rights to anything you produce. So everything you produce in and outside the firm is owned by the firm, which I virtually own nothing. So if you're talking about this whole idea of a side hustle, I couldn't do it. It just, if I did it, it wouldn't be mine. So walked out in 2012 with, $165,000 in student loan debt, plus a two-year commitment that inhibited me to really scratch any entrepreneurial itch that I ever had. So it was a really tough spot. And to make things worse, um, somehow I came across, uh, there's an amazing company run by Vishen Lakhiani called Mind Valley, And I saw that they had this conference called A-Fest. And A-Fest at the time stood for Awesomeness Fest, which they, they went away with that name, they just call it A-Fest now. But it was this conference like none other. And um, I don't know what it was that made me take the time off to go to this conference. But when I showed up at the conference, um, every concept of what um, being happy in life looked like and fulfilled completely got shattered. And part of it was a couple years earlier, I'd read, if uh, you guys who are listening have read the book, Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Work Week. Um, I read it. I loved it. But I was like, I don't know anyone who does this because everyone that I knew was like me. And I was like, these are these mythical creatures, these digital nomads. We'll flash forward to this conference. Every single person at this conference was that digital nomad that Tim Ferriss talked about in his book. And when I tell you that when that bubble burst, it hit hard. Um, it was one of those moments that you have in life that you look back and go, nothing is ever going to be the same. And then I found myself heading back into my corporate consulting gig. This is like six to eight months into a two-year commitment, thinking like I, I just felt trapped. And then I felt the weight of $165,000 of student loans. And so it, it was one of those things that it, it was a bit suffocating, but it also is a testament of um, mindset because so much of what brought it on was just where my head was in my mindset. So I spent years, I ended up staying at Deloitte for six years. I spent years as a shadow on the, on the wall in the digital marketing space. I went to every single conference you could um, go to. And it wasn't until six years later that I realized I'm using going to conferences and joining coaching programs and spending thousands of dollars on uh, education on, in the digital marketing space as a medicine to like heal the wound that was this inner desire to be an entrepreneur. So I just had that moment that, um, and it was literally not too long ago, at the end of 2017, it was the whole, it was this time of year, 2017, 
that um, I was like, if I don't do this now, I'm on the verge of being promoted to junior partner. Once I see that promotion change, I know what the next 15 years of my life looks like. So I have to make a change now. Otherwise, I never will scratch this entrepreneurial itch and uh, put my notice in January 2018, made the leap. Uh, May 2018, so like five months later, it took five months to make, it. when you leave a consulting firm, you can't just put in a two weeks notice. <laughs> so it was a process to exit, but you know, that kind of jump started me on the journey that I've been. I left corporate having no idea what I was going to do in the entrepreneurial space, um, even with all that training, but it was an act I needed to do to get the mental capacity to be where I am today. Wow. Yeah. What a story. What a story. So, so tell, tell us a little bit more. I want to dive into um, that moment where mm -hmm. you felt like you needed to make the jump because with, with the consulting firm, you have, I mean, you were eventually going to pay off those loans. You have, you have the status component going on. You're living in a big city. You're walking around with a swanky suit on. <laughs> like, so like all of like your ego, your ego itches were satisfied. So like, what was it that gave you maybe a particular experience that gave you that courage to, to jump? You know, it's interesting because um, I had a unique experience at, at Deloitte. I loved it. I mean, my partners were amazing. For those of you who aren't familiar with that lifestyle, the thing that, like, is it's really taxing on the body. And when I say it's really taxing on the body, we're talking literally every single week. My schedule was I woke up at 4 a.m. on a Monday, 4.45, I was in a cab to the airport. 6 a.m., I took a flight out to my client's. And I wasn't home usually until like Thursday late at like 11 o'clock um, or Friday morning. So that's every single week. You were never home. You were always in the air. Um, just the idea of a nine to five, when people say like, like break the nine to five, I didn't have a concept of a nine to five because when you're in that environment, it is a 24 seven. I give up weekends. I give up weekend, um, uh, like evenings. Everything was just so focused on work, but I loved what I did. Um, I think that it was just one of those things that I felt like, you know, like work will come and go any day of the week. Um, my employer can say, you know, thank you for your service. We've decided to downsize, you're gone. I, they're in control of that. And if that were to happen, what's going on in my personal life? Well, I put my personal life on hold. So that was just kind of the moment to say, it's, it's, it's my time, it's, it's time for me. And it's time for me to realize, and here's the thing, in a corporate environment, sometimes you don't realize your potential, what you're able to achieve. Um, because you're confined to your job description or you're confined to whatever your managers allow you to do. When you're an entrepreneur, you choose the journey. You are in control. The, the biggest battle that's going to hold you back is yourself. And like, that is like a real pressure that for all of us, I think Russell Brunson says the difference between people who make a million and don't is like what's between the years, I think is how he says it. So that's what was been like for me really empowering was um, realizing how disconnected I was to myself because so much of my identity was at my corporate job. And it truly was a, an awakening to leave and realize like the first month of leaving, I stressed out because like I felt like I wasn't making maximum use of my time when the reality was like, you need to detox. You need to like cleanse this out and like get reconnected with yourself. So, I mean, I think that I realized that had I not done that, um, you know, there's parts of me that thought that like it could potentially kill me because my life was just so tied up into something that wasn't me. Yeah. So it was just as much of a personal health and lifestyle decision as it was for owning your work and, yeah. and making the impact that you were seeking. Yeah. And I'm telling you guys, like the second you realize what you're capable of, like 
you can become what you can be whatever you want to be as an entrepreneur. And it, it's so true. It, it's so true. I love that. That's an amazing, an amazing message. We should just end right here. I'm just kidding. Done. We're done. We did it. We're, we're going we're gonna to get so much more goodness out of you. Okay. So when you made that leap, what yeah. was the goal? Like, did you know what you wanted to do? Like where, where were you, what, what was the destination? Where were you going? Yeah, it's a great question. So I left having no idea. And, um, part of it was, Ooh, I was in it. yeah, it's, a, but here's what I will say. Um, when you are like juggling a very high stress job, um, you, you just don't have the mental capacity to be as creative as you can when you let that go. The second I let that go, then like I freed up all this mental capacity and I was detoxing the corporate out of me. And that's where like the creativity started to flow. So part of it is just recognizing where, where I started was I was like, um, where am I struggling? Well, I was the guy who was uh, a victim to every single shiny object you can imagine. So I was like, I wish there was a tool that could like help people see what entrepreneurship like looked like at a 10,000 foot view. So the first product I ended up building just for myself to like avoid shiny object syndrome is something called Entrepreneur Elements. That's like this publication, which is you're, you're, when you see this, I'll send you a copy of this. Um, and for the listeners, I'm happy to send you a link of like the, the periodic table that you could just download. But I totally nerded out and made a whole periodic table of elements that every entrepreneur should know. Um, and part of it was just selfishly, I was just like, I just need to be focused. So it teaches people why you need to, like so many people who are entrepreneurs start with tactics and implementation and they have no idea about their foundation. So who they serve, why they're doing it, what their motivation is and what their strategy is. What is it we're trying to accomplish to serve, you know, the foundation. So it was just to anchor people to say, stop with the tactics and stop with implementation, get back to the basics because you're just pumping money into a system otherwise blindfolded. So that was like the first product for me just to get smarter and clear. And then I did a virtual summit and that's kind of what the game changer was for taking me from being someone that no one knew to quickly growing my business. Wow. I love it. So, so it has evolved. Um, but it sounds like you had to like distill what it was for yourself before you could even like go out there and, and, and do something. I mean, I don't know if you're like me, but I bought so many tools and resources that I never even opened. I think I bought, uh, teachable and um, webinar jam a two-year subscription because I'm like I'm gonna need this someday someone said I need this and I, I've never logged into either of them so I spent so much money on stuff so that's kind of why I was like I need to just like get clear why do I need this like and so I needed to establish that foundation yeah amen yeah honestly and even at the beginning of this year I made a list of all the courses that I've ever bought and like I've actually logged in to like 15% of them. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I'm such a sucker. But I was just like, Oh, I'm, I, I need, I need this. I need email marketing. I need, you know, this and that. So yeah, I totally, I totally hear you. So tell us like what, what was the biggest struggle that you experienced as you embarked on this entrepreneurial journey? Um, I think the biggest struggle is probably me. <laughs> um, in between the ears stuff. Yeah, the in between the year stuff. There was so much that like, like, like you have so many little voices. So when I started my first summit, um, I um, one of the influencers that I had engaged with was saying that, especially with podcasting, um, if you're someone just getting started out, it takes about 30 episodes for you to really find your voice. So I was like, I'm gonna do a virtual summit, and I want to have at least 30 people there to really start to get comfortable. Like this whole thing, I've spoken on stage. I have no issue doing interviews, speaking in front of a digital camera to do things like this. That was like a new new zone for me. So to get your voice and get comfortable with that, that was something I struggled with. But the second you kind of get over that, it's like, 
it's smooth sailing. It just becomes natural to you. Um, so I think that that was the big thing. And, and I also will tell you that I really, I'm really bad at imperfect action because everyone says just, you know, uh, launch imperfectly. I'm the type of person that looks at it and goes, but if I can invest like 10 more minutes, it can be so much better than being imperfect. And then that's like kind of the other thing that like, um, we may talk about a little bit now, this latest project I'm working on, like it should have been done in one week. We're like two and a half weeks into it and it's still not done, but it's about to be done. So it's not that far off. But the reason it's not done is because I'm like, I can refilm this entire sub segment and it could be so much better if I just spend a little bit more time. So launching imperfectly is something I do struggle with. Mm. Yeah. 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 That, that is a real struggle and a, and a, and one for me as well, truthfully. Um, so tell us a little bit more about what a summit is for people that might not understand that. Yeah. And this is something that if you're brand new to uh, entrepreneurship or if you're an established veteran, so what it is, is uh, virtual summits. If you love to go to conferences, imagine taking a conference and make it completely uh, virtual. The way it works is generally you'll have a host that pre-records a series of interviews. Uh, typical summits have about 25 plus speakers on it. So they'll have a centralized theme, they'll interview all these speakers, and then when the summit is live for participants to get to enjoy the content, um, they'll opt in with their email, they'll get access to the videos for a limited time. Usually it's dripped over the course of four or five days. So let's just say we had 25 speakers and it was a five day virtual summit, Monday through Friday, you may drop five speakers every day until the end of the week. Um, and if you miss any of the sessions when it's live, you can buy the digital recording. So what's the strategy behind it? It's great visibility for uh, the host. It's a great way to network with other influencers. It's a great way for Legion and start to build an audience. Um, and I think that the model, like I'm watching it right now, evolve so much. So the, the model that works successfully, the game has changed so much. So, so much of what I look at is that how do you construct a, a model for virtual summits that wins with the host, wins with the speakers, wins with the participants, because what you don't want to do is overwhelm people with so much content. You want to set them up for success to get through the content so you can serve them at a greater level. So it's kind of a blend of my, my philosophy versus, you know, what it is, but it's a, it's a very powerful legion tool. That's fantastic. Awesome. Thanks so much for, for illuminating a little bit more about what those, what those summits are. So, um, you've got a couple, uh, couple irons in the fire that you're working on. Uh, you've got virtual summits going on. Um, you have some authority uh, products that you're working on. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what exactly you do as, as an entrepreneur? Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the questions that, that like has been looming on my mind for a while is how is it that certain influencers are able to really build uh, authority and really establish themselves as an expert really quickly in the marketplace? So what are the things that they're doing that really make them stand out? Because for a lot of us, you know, what, what I've learned just from this game, and I'm sure you've seen it um, as well, is um, I keep asking, like, what is it that is the difference between someone who has an amazing product, someone who has a mediocre product, and I'm seeing the mediocre product went out in the marketplace. So really what it comes down to is attractive characters, a huge part about it, relatability of the influencer, and sometimes having a mediocre product will always beat out with a killer attractive character, Whereas an amazing product that could be transformative may not win out because that individual is not like establishing authority in the marketplace in the same capacity. So for me, I like to find those people who have that amazing message and those amazing products and how can we give you the platform you need to emulate what other people are doing so you can really establish that authority in whatever your niche is. So 
there's a lot of tenets and and I'm happy to jump right into it, kind of like the framework that I look at. And this is something that um, we're going to start building out a little bit more products and services. But for me, it was like once I, I I'm someone who loves frameworks and I want actionable frameworks. So if it's a framework, how do I not just say something that is theoretical in nature, but give you something that you can tangibly implement to increase your authority in that space? Um, should I just jump right on in? Yeah, that'd be amazing. So just just really quick before you do. Um, so Mark and I have been communicating via email about this interview and he like gave me this like scroll of all of these amazing things that he could talk about. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I could just pick just one, but I asked him to talk about uh, what are the foundations necessary to be an authority in your space? Because as we know with this series, it's what are the small tactics that are making the biggest difference? And if people see you as an authority, that makes a huge difference in your in the outcomes of your business. So yeah, Mark, take us away on like on what it takes to be an authority in your space to make a big difference. Yeah, and I would love for you to, to jump in at any point in time. So let's start with a little bit of the why. Why is it that you wanna build more authority? Well, for me, and this is you know how I am as an entrepreneur, Hopefully you guys can relate to this, but you know, I want to serve. I have a message. The more I can establish my authority, the greater I can serve and have a greater impact. So for me to do more of what I want to do, I need to get louder. So some people may say, I don't want to be known as the person on stage. That's totally fine. Whatever threshold makes sense for you. You know, if you have a service and a giving and you want to help people, um, I think it's really important to really think about how can I increase my authority so I can serve at a greater level. Um, real quick, just to establish it. And this is what was interesting about it was because I was going to do a whole entire virtual event on building authority and kind of what's held me back a little bit was when we started to build this, look at this framework and started to socialize this with a lot of other influencers. Um, it quickly, like you quickly realize that the same framework, when we talk about authority, authority can be used for good or it can be used for evil. So I just wanted to like put the caveat out there. The intentions of learning this is my hope that you will lead a business with ethics, with nothing but the utmost integrity. Um, so if we were to jump into it, um, there's elements of it because authority to me is a part of getting to impact. Status is another part of this as well. And we can talk about status as well. And that may be a whole nother discussion to talk about status. But for me, if I were to say, what is authority? Authority is one of three things. There's three core pillars that make it up. It's expertise, it's visibility, and it's confidence. So if we started with each one of these, let's start with expertise. When we talk about expertise, there's many different angles we could look at. We could talk about establishing expertise and demonstrating expertise. When we're talking about establishing expertise, how do you establish expertise? Hire a mentor, go to a conference, join a Facebook group. How do you demonstrate expertise? Start a coaching program, go live and teach on Facebook, start a Facebook group over something that you're passionate about. There's so many different things that you can put into play to establish or to demonstrate it. And the reason that establishing is also building authority is that if you're hiring a mentor to develop you out and you're able to get better at whatever the thing is that you're doing, that's gonna help ascend you. Um, I think another key pillar of uh, expertise is niching down. Don't be everything to everyone. When you start to niche down a topic, you get known for that thing. If you try and do everything to everyone, like no one's gonna know you for what that expertise truly is. So you don't have to be only about that one little thing. You look at someone like Russell Brunson, He's the funnel guy. He's known for funnels, but he's so much more than funnels. That's just how he niched down to be able to serve a lot louder. So that's the first one is expertise. The other angle of expertise, and this is kind of the good versus evil, is it could be actual expertise or perceived expertise. There's a lot of influencers out there that have what seems like expertise when you see them, 
but when you delve deeper, they don't actually have it. So this is where it's kind of like you can see, understanding this can be used for good or evil. Um, so that's part one. Part two, visibility. The other trait that you're going to see to really establish your, yourself as authority, and this is kind of what I see for people that like you're looking at like, why, why do we all know who this person is? Like, I don't like their products, but like we all know who they are. Um, visibility is about what platforms are you on and how frequently are you posting on those platforms? So it's like looking at and saying, if you're on Facebook, where are you on Facebook? Where can people find you? How frequently are you posting? I think especially with the Facebook algorithm, consistency and connection are really, really important to really boost your presence and who Facebook decides to show you to. So where I would usually tell people is if you're starting out, focus on one platform and just focus on owning it to get really visible. As you start to really establish your visibility on that platform, then you can start to expand out. But especially when you're getting started, don't feel like you have to be everything for everyone and juggle 30 different platforms. Um, Holly Homer, who's one of my favorite people in the world, she has a massive following of 3.5 million people on Facebook. She drops 50 to 75 pieces of content on that platform, 125 a day. This is a day uh, on Pinterest and she posts on every platform, but she has a team behind her. Like she can do that because she's built that authority over the years. Keep it simple. I think the other part of visibility is quality. I think that really to differentiate yourself is when you're posting, be authentic, be yourself, but also I think the quality of what you do really does have a direct relationship to um, you know, your authority as well. So that's number two. And feel free to jump in at any time. I'm happy to hit on number three as well. I'm, lo I'm loving this. I, I just, I have to say that like, as you've been speaking, first of all, I'm really grateful we're recording this so that yeah. I can like go back <laughs> and take notes. <laughs> but as you've been speaking, like different people are like yeah. popping out in my brain about like, oh, like I, I've seen Holly Homer do that. Or I've seen Catherine Jones do that. Or yeah, I saw Alex great. Elliott just do that yesterday, you know? And so, or, or, you know, I tried this um just within the last week and so um i appreciate so much like the the very tactical um examples that you're giving um i would love for for you to to do number three um and then well actually i let me ask you a question first so you talked about with visibility the quality is important um and people talk about this all the time online like give value give value like put value into groups in order yeah. to to get that visibility how do you define value oh my gosh you know this is we could go on for hours on this topic because i have been like so contemplating writing a book on what is value and part of it i'll was be the first one to buy it okay maybe we should write it together do you want to write it together Let's do it. I'm Let's down. Do it. Um, so, so this is such an interesting and, and okay, that would have been a better answer to when you said, what is it that I struggled with? Okay. What I truly struggled with now, now that's actually what I struggled with. We're getting um, real people. I know what value looks like in the corporate realm and value looks like a flawless delivery of a product. So coming from corporate consulting, we have the most polished decks that are the most well thought through. We're so used to late nights in the client office, like, we would work in the client office. Oftentimes I was there till 10 o'clock at night, every night. And you'd work um, hard to produce a deck to which your partner would just destroy. So like you'd spend all these hours on a deck that would get destroyed and you're like, it's so perfect. <laughs> so value in that realm is like unrelatable up here. Uh, value in um, just the entrepreneur realm, it's a different game and it's a different threshold. And to get my mind wired, the corporate, I always say corporate versus entrepreneurship is like, checkers versus chess, the game board looks the same, the rules are completely different. So um, it, it's something I struggle with to this day because things that I take for granted 
are of such high value to people. And a perfect example is, I joke to say that PowerPoint is my love language. I know how to do magic with PowerPoint um, just because I lived and breathed PowerPoint for years. So I know how to, it's, I don't just use it for presentations. I use it to build out publications, books, everything you can imagine. It's such a powerful tool. It's just like I can replace InDesign or Photoshop because of all the tools that are built into that one thing. And oh, by the way, it's so much easier because there's not all that crazy functionality that you just don't need. So like when people see my stuff, the question that they always ask me is like, how are you doing that? Who are you paying for this? And I'm like, it takes me seconds to do it in PowerPoint. So that was, that's value to people, but I didn't attribute value to it. So it's, it's a good question because I struggle with it quite frequently. What I know is I've tended to find, and this was someone, something that people advised to me, which is as an entrepreneur, whatever you think you need to teach, pull it back like two or three levels. That's actually what you need to teach. So kind of that where is where the threshold of value is. You probably take for granted the thing that is of value. So pull it back to get down to the basics. And you may be like, this is so obvious, but trust me when I say, if you're that entrepreneur, especially if you're, your avatar is someone who's just getting started, you may keep dropping funnel. They may not know what a funnel is. So it's, it's second nature to you to know what a funnel is, but then you got to back up and be able to say, am I defining out what these terms are? Like, and this is why like on a, when I was interviewing someone who was the master at video sales letters, he kept on saying VSL, he kept on saying VSL. And I, Finally paused him and said, just for the listeners, like a VSL is this. And like, what is a VSL used for? It's, it's so second nature, but that's kind of where you have to go to make sure that your message is resonating and that you're actually taking people on the journey. But it's, it is the most ambiguous, toughest concept to grasp. And this is why I'm like, because I look at things in this space and I'm like, that's not value. And then they make a million dollars off that product. <laughs> I love that. Thank, that was, that was a mic, mic drop answer from Mark. Thank you so much. That was awesome. I love that you asked that question though. Um. <laughs> it was actually something that I spent a long time thinking about just yesterday um, yep. because I spent all day doing podcast interviews as well. And um, just hearing some of the simple things that these really, really successful entrepreneurs are doing. I'm like, oh yeah, well, I forgot. Like I'm X amount of years into my journey. Like that really is epic for where people are in in their process so yeah I, i've just been thinking about it a ton a ton yeah it's funny okay uh, so we have pillar number one is expertise right did i get it right got it and right pillar number two is visibility so and if you wanted to say something else before you continue on with pillar number three then then go for let's it. jump in so pillar number three is confidence so when we talk about confidence how do you build confidence um and this is the thing that how many people do you see online that you just follow because you're just like you sense their energy. They seem so confident about what they do. How do you quantify, like, how do you break down and get more actionable and confidence? For me, there's like three core elements to it. One is clarity on who you serve. If you know who you serve and are clear on it, it's a lot easier to know how to talk to those people. So this is why it's so important to know your avatar. Um, second is uh, proof. I think that when you start to see proof, um, so you have a product, you've run a beta group, um, you see that what you're teaching is actually impacting people. When you see the impact of what you're teaching has on others, it builds confidence because it helps you say that like you've seen the results and you know it works. I feel like I keep coming across people that I'm like, um, they are teaching something that they've never done themselves. And it drives me nuts because I'm just like, what? Like, why should I listen to you when you have no proof? So there's no shame in a beta, putting together a beta program, reaching out. Betas don't have to be free. When I did my first beta, um, it was $1,000 per person, and this is the first time I'd ever done it. And I was like, like, I don't know if anyone's gonna pay for it. I wanted five to, uh, to eight people. 
I got sick. So you can charge for a beta. But like the thing that I swore was um, I was going to be there to help them every step of the way. So when you're doing beta, like I will give you all my time to make sure you're set up for success because people know the intent. So I think that like leading with like, like people getting to know you and being a little vulnerable really, you know, goes a long way. So we talked about um, understanding, um, having clarity on who you serve. We talked about proof. The last one is standards. And I think this is a really interesting one that a lot of people forget about. So these are the standards you choose to live your life by. Um, and it could be things like, I value my family. So I was on the call with uh, Trish Leto. She's a juggernaut when it comes to Facebook Lives. One of her standards is like, she works like 10.30 to 4.30. Otherwise it's time with her family. That is a standard she sets for herself. That is a way to exude confidence. If you wanna work out from seven to nine o'clock in the morning every single day and you won't take calls, that is a standard that you're using in terms of how you operate. When you set those standards, it demonstrates confidence. Even if it's, um, I refuse to work with people that don't have ethical standards or integrity at the level that I choose, declaring those types of things are things that escalate confidence as well, because it's the, it's the tenets that you're not, that you're gonna be unwavering about. So you become more confident of it. So from an authority standpoint, how do you build authority? It's about really thinking strategically about expertise, visibility, and confidence. Oh, I love that. Just wrap that in a bow, send yeah. it out to the world. Keep it simple. That's amazing. What's really interesting about this though, is it not only is like a framework that you could use to like uh, weigh against yourself, but it's also a framework um, that you can use to like weigh to see what your competitors are doing as well. Because you could just like look at this and just say, you know, what are those tenants there? Where am I exceeding or where am I falling short? And you know, if it's competitors that I'm watching closely, where are they exceeding? Where's the opportunity for them or even clients? So it's just, it's just a powerful framework. I love it. So as you've, as you've developed this, and I'm sure that your um, interaction with influencers through your virtual summits have been hugely influential in you developing and creating this framework. What have been some of the um, behind the scenes transformations that have happened for you in your life? Mm -hmm. as you've embarked on this journey and and sought to spread this message yeah you know it, this is something that we're just kind of at ground level at this point in time and so um it's interesting because this was again this was meant to be like a a, a virtual event that i wanted to delve deeper on the topic of authority and then i you know i instantly realized that it truly could be more of an overarching framework for how i run my business um, so everything that I do, it's about like, how do I help you on the journey? Because I think that the thing that we need to do as entrepreneurs, I think I know, um, you know, there's so much what I call digital bloat where we're saying, how do you make another, like a better offer? Well, let's throw more digital content at it. And I think that like, we are so beyond that. I think Myron Golden said it great. It's, you know, what's the difference between making a million dollars in 10 years or one year it's time. So I think that the thing that um, to really be successful and really stand out in this day and age is stop with like the content bloat and start with thinking about how can I incur a lot of small wins for the people that I serve. So how can I get them to take action and get wins right away? Um, so that's been kind of one of those tenants that's come through to say someday just doesn't work. You, you like we, I don't know if this was before or during the session that you said, you know, we have all these courses that are this digital capacity that's just digital weight that we're all holding on to that we're not using and we keep buying more i think the the crux of how to stand out in this game is to get people to take action and get results otherwise you know i i it just breaks my heart the next time i hear someone who pursues their entrepreneurial dreams but 
um, has to transition back to corporate, they've cleared out their 401k because they were so like overwhelmed by the amount of content and the lack of action. Mm. I don't know if, yeah, I, I, yeah, I hope that, I hope that answered the question. No, it's, it's your, it's your transformation. So yeah. it's, it's, I love that. It's powerful. Um, well, Mark, you, you are, you are a gem. I'm excited to have you on the show yeah. again, for sure, to, to get some more of your expertise. Um, but how, tell us a little bit about uh, two things. One, like how can listeners uh, reach out to you and get a hold of you? And then two, Mark has been telling me about this awesome project that he's working on. So I want to give him a chance to talk a little bit about that because it's unique. It's something that I've never seen before. So I'm really oh. excited to give him a chance to, to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. If you want to, if you want to follow me, I would just invite you to be part of my Facebook community. Um, it's live online. Live is spelled. If you're watching it live, you can see the sign behind me. But live is L Y V E for launcher virtual event. Um, so live online. If you look me up, you can always friend me or message me on Facebook as well. Um, the project uh, we're about to launch a five day challenge, which is called the Custom Box Challenge. And part of what it is is so many people ask. Um, I like to build for all my products and services a custom branded box that is packed with like two to five custom items that are just tools and resources to help um, my students or my clients be more set up for success. So I wanna give them the tools to set them up for success. So what this is, is the reason I like it is a couple of reasons. One, um, who doesn't like getting a package in the mail of goodies and swag? Two, um, it gives you permission to be like, I gave you the tools and resources you need to be successful. So it's not about like, I didn't have time to print out your worksheets for your course or whatnot. Let me give you the tools to be successful. Um, but I mean, for me, it's not that expensive. And when you're talking about a very cloudy digital game, the easiest way to elevate the quality of your content is by sending something physical and tangible. And this is getting into experience design. So it's complementing the physical with the digital to have a better experience. And I say this, um, that if you are a course creator or a client, you are in client service, I think you have an obligation to set up um, and provide the tools to, to help your students be more successful. Um, so the custom box challenge is just designed to show you in five days how you can completely automate this process. It is not that expensive to do. Um, and, and it's an easy way to stand out in the crowd. So that's essentially what it is. Custom, customboxchallenge.com is where you can find that. So that should, uh, be live shortly. I uh, love it. All right. So we're going to put, um, the links to, to Mark's Facebook group and to that challenge down in the notes so that you can access that. Super excited. I'm going to be one of the people doing that challenge because um, I want to I want to see what it's all about. So Mark, thank you so much for you. your goodness and for the value that you've provided today and just for, for the impact that you're trying to make in the world. Uh, just love you for that. So thanks yeah. so much for being on the show. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the Marketing Matrix podcast. On our next episode, we have another one of my dear friends, Lauren Golden. Lauren is the founder and queen of the Free Mama movement. She is full of energy and serves and loves her people fiercely. I have known her and worked with her in a number of capacities over the last year, and she is just a fantastic human and business person. Tune in to the next episode to get her take on the marketing tactic that's making the biggest difference in her business. Guys, it is the most unique answer I've ever received to this question, and it's not one that you would actually guess. So make sure to check it out. But while I've got you, I wanted to remind you about the Marketing Matrix Toolbox. 
This resource has tons of free marketing tools to make your marketing journey easier. We add new content to it each week, so check it out and register for instant access at toolbox.themarketingmatrixpodcast.com. And if you want to join the conversation surrounding marketing, check out my free Facebook group. It's called Facebook Ads for Coaches, Course Creators, and Lifestyle Brands. This is a seriously awesome community of people trying to master the ad game and scale their business while saving time. You can join that group for free at www.facebook.com slash groups slash FB ad ninjas. That's FB as in Facebook ad ninjas with an S. All right, that's it for now. See you next time on The Marketing Matrix.